This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, okay, looking ahead to 2026, is Calgary going to be hosting the Winter Olympics? And should Calgary host the Winter Olympics? Uh, I'm of the opinion that we probably shouldn't, that it's really not worth it. The Olympics have become a monstrosity. The IOC, I think, is a corrupt organization in so many ways. I don't think it's worth it. But it's not my decision to make. Ultimately, it's up to city council. Now, we've got ourselves in, in Calgary here, a, a bid exploration committee headed up by former police chief Rick Hansen. Uh, they seem bullish on the idea. Uh, they've certainly suggested that Calgary could host the, the Winter Olympics, but they want some more study on whether we should. And there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of where, where the IOC is going and whether there's anything to this so-called Agenda 2020 to make the games more affordable and sustainable. It seems to me all that matters is whether the IOC is making a profit, and they do. Now, countries go into debt to host the Olympics. That's not the IOC's problem. That tends to be how they do business. So as the Bid Exploration Committee suggests we study it a little more, uh, city administration has come back with a bit more, I think, maybe pessimistic view uh, of of things, not closing the door on the idea entirely, but suggesting that if we're going to do it, it's got to be with some very strict conditions being met. So maybe that changes the dynamic for the decision city council has to make. Joining us on the line is Carrie Tate, a reporter with the Calgary Bureau. The Globe and Mail has been following this story. Carrie, thanks for joining us here. Thanks for having me, Rob. Okay, so initially we thought that city council was going to make a final decision by the end of July. I mean, obviously it's, it's now August. That isn't happening, is it? No. Um, throughout this process, the committee has bumped its deadlines further and further back. The, t- the timeline was always tight. Um, and now the committee is saying, well, the IOC has stretched its deadlines to say whether you want to toss your hat in the ring so we can be a little bit more patient about it. But absolutely, it's stretched long beyond the original timeline. Now, in, in the Bid Exploration Committee says that's okay, right? We can take our time still. We've got time to study this a little more. That's their argument. And right now, uh, they should be thankful they have that time because they came back and said, well, we, we believe we could host the Olympics, but we're not sure if we um, should host the Olympics. Right. And, and I guess, I mean, those, those are two separate questions. I mean, I would think any city, more or less any city in a northerly climate, certainly could host the Olympics if they really wanted to. So I think any city that's going to host needs to look at that question of, of should. Yeah, absolutely. What the, what the committee is hoping is that the IOC will give them more assurances on costs, on what they do have, what they would have to build, what they wouldn't have to build, that they can get a little more assurance from the federal government, from the provincial government. They want to fine-tune numbers, um, and now they have a little bit more time. Whether or not the IOC will give them what they want and need, we don't know yet. Okay, so... I mean, right now, I guess this week, city council is going to deal with this at some point, if not today, maybe tomorrow. They could if they wanted to right now. Just just say, no, we don't want to do this and, and put an end to it all, right? Yeah, city, count, uh, pardon me, city administration gave them two options. Just say no and be done with it. Or the one that city administration has recommended is say no unless um, certain conditions are met. And a number of them, it basically all comes down to money to them. Can Calgary afford this, given all of the other mega projects that are going on in the city, such as the transit expansion? 
So the the administration, I, I, look, I get the sense the Bid Exploration Committee seems excited about the idea of hosting the Olympics. I think they're kind of leaning in that direction. But administration seems like they're being much more cautious. It did seem as though the administration was a little cooler to the idea. They could have phrased their recommendation as just, oh, we need to study this more before we're making a decision. But by phrasing it as, no, we need to study this more, um, it threw a little bit more cold water on it. It was a little harsher wording. Uh, and that's a big red flag here, as they see it. Well, absolutely. And the city administration really hammered on um, the debt numbers. And they even named um, projects that need to be addressed, like... Um, like the Green Line. The other thing they brought up was that the proposed budget from the committee did not account for some facilities that don't exist but are, would be necessary to host the Olympics. Um, it hints at the arena, a field house at the UC that is unfunded, and it said these um, prerequisites prerequisite projects could run up to another billion dollars. That isn't in the budget yet. And administration, from what I read, they, they reached out, and you spoke with one of the economists, Trevor Toom, who, who we've had on this program as well many times. And, uh, this seems obvious to me, that if you're going to do a cost-benefit analysis, you've you got to reach out to some economists, and you've got to look at what the peer-reviewed evidence tells us. So that's what city administration did, right? Yeah, they did. A lot of, um, you know, what the economists will argue is you can make your analysis say whatever you want. And so the peer reviews on this, um, like Trevor's was, well, we can't say whether or not this type of stimulus juices the economy um, any more than any other type of mega project. So he was throwing, you know, uh, questioning the committees, um, the -hmm. people that they had analyze it. All right. So what, what kind of conditions would need to be met from administration's point of view if we're to go ahead with this? Administration really, really, really hammers home on on the money. How much will this cost? We need more assurances um, on what the IOC wants, what the IOC expects uh, from a venue. Because a lot of what Calgary is looking at is, well, would the IOC let us, you know, not quite bring it up to the standard that's in the list yet, the checklist? Um, and what would the federal government and the provincial government to kick in? It all came down to money to city administration. Right. And I mean, there's only one taxpayer ultimately, but I suppose <laughs> if, if you're a municipal government and the provincial government or federal government wants to, to send money your way, then I guess you, you would take it. Yeah. It, like you said, there's only one taxpayer, so it may not make a difference uh, to you and I, but it changes the way the, the city budget and they're concerned about the city budget. All right, so where are things at at City Hall now? Do we know when council's going to, to address this? Well, they're in the council meeting that started Monday. They're still in it, and they haven't got to the Olympics yet, and this meeting is now expected to roll into Wednesday. So we're not quite sure whether it'll be today, Wednesday, or even beyond. So we're right. waiting. And uh, we wait. Yes, indeed. All right, <laughs> more at theglobeandmail.com. Carrie, thanks for joining us here. Appreciate this. Thank you for having All right, me. Take care. Gary Tate uh, with the uh, Calgary Bureau for the Globe and Mail, uh, theglobeandmail.com. So yeah, I, I think this is a more responsible view of things. And maybe the city could have saved us $5 million and just asked administration to look at this in the first place. But I, I suppose in fairness, what, what administration was doing at some level was reviewing what the CBEC, uh, the Bed Exploration Committee, has come back with. Uh, and, and they're a little more pessimistic about all of this. For good reason, I think. Uh, so from Carrie's story, 
Says here, a city administration based its more conservative recommendation on the committee's report, which runs thousands of pages. But only a sliver of that report is public. Trevor Toome is an economics professor at the U of C and was one of the two academics who reviewed the committee's economic analysis. He said decision makers should ignore the committee's arguments that posit the games would boost GDP in Calgary and in Alberta. He says, quote, there's just not a lot of evidence that's actually the case for cities that host the games. Studies examining whether infrastructure projects spur the economy can be twisted in order to support either side of the argument. And the Olympics, he said, are similar to other mega projects. Uh, Toom says it's just a very large spike in government spending, and that's presuming it is even a spike in government spending. You can imagine it's just shifting dollars from one activity that would have otherwise received those public dollars. I mean, even just on the surface, even according to the Bid Exploration Committee, we're talking about a game that would cost $4.5 billion and would have a GDP impact of just over $2 billion. Well, it seems to me, I mean, you could drop money out of helicopter and have the same kind of GDP impact, or you could spend it on whatever, and it would have a GDP impact. So what's the point of, of hosting the games and inviting the IOC into our house? So, yeah, I'm certainly skeptical of the idea. But I'm curious whether city council is going to get behind this. It does seem at this point, by the way, very likely that the decision won't be made until after the fall election. I think initially the timeline we assumed was going to unfold would be that the bid exploration committee would come back at the end of July with a recommendation, either yes or no, and council would vote. Either yes or no. And that would be that. But given now everyone seems to be under the belief that, oh, we're in no rush here. We'll wait and see. It's probably going to be, I would think, after the election. Which maybe is an opportunity then uh, to make it an election issue. And uh, candidates can get their position on record, be it mayoral or city council candidates. And, what, you know, we're not going to get a plebiscite. Maybe it's the next best thing. 403-974-TALK is our number, 974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Welcome back. Let's go to the phones here. Some time for your calls. 974-TALK is our number. Uh, Alex, good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Yeah, so what do you think? Uh, personally, I 100% agree with you. I think that uh, they're completely corrupt. Why should we negotiate with people that are going to get a surplus of $2 billion? What's the point of even spending the 4 or $5 billion? Well, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is other than it would be fun or it would be cool to host the Olympics. Uh, you know, people have fond memories of 1988. I think we have an appreciation for these athletes, and that's that's something they strive for. But I, I personally, I don't see the value in being that, that host city. Yeah, neither do I. Uh, I wasn't born in 1988. I actually never was there. I was born in 96, so I never really saw the Olympics, but I see COP across the, the way every day, and, you know, it's a great landmark and everything, but I don't see the point of spending $2 billion, especially in our economy right now. What What's the point? You know, what we could use that for everything else. We could use it for social programs, as you were saying. Yeah. I don't see the point of even trying to spend $5 billion. Where could that go? It go to our train system. can go somewhere to BC. You can go to Yukon, like somewhere else that's actually useful. Like, no offense to people and the athletes, but personally, I think that's, we shouldn't do it. Yeah, there you go. Alex, appreciate the phone call. And I, look, I think Calgarians are divided on this. Um, you know, because uh, certainly there is, I think, that side of it too, the athletes, the facilities we have. But look, uh, we can support athletes in, in other ways. And, and if we think these facilities need an upgrade, then make the case for that. I think some people see the Olympics as just an excuse to do all these other things that we want to do and dress it up in something else. 
If we've got infrastructure needs, then let's address those needs. But let's prioritize them uh, based on real factors, not the dream of an Olympics. All right. And by the way, a couple other things I wanted to get to. Speaking of city council, uh, look, obviously we're dealing with some dry conditions this summer. We've seen wildfires uh, devastating in B.C., uh, some concerning wildfires uh, burning in the mountains as well. Uh, word today from the provincial government that they're going to be banning the use of off-highway vehicles on forested public lands in the southern half of the province. So there's a concern about really dry conditions. Uh, do we need to go so far as to ban backyard fires in the city. Uh, Brian Pincott uh, raised that prospect this week. Even not necessarily because of the fire risk, but almost making an argument that just with the smoke that's already there, adding more smoke could be challenging due to certain people. I don't know that that's a a sufficient argument uh, when it comes to banning backyard fires. Um, For now, the Calgary Fire Department says uh, we don't feel there's a need for a ban. Uh, due to conditions within the city of Calgary. So whatever's going on uh, in rural areas where the mountains are in BC is not necessarily relevant uh, the decision that the fire department has to make. And uh, I guess that we do get the expected rain, maybe today and tomorrow, sort of weakens that, that argument even more. Uh, anyway, so we got a few of the stories uh, I want to get to here, but let's go back to the phones. Uh, Joe is on the line. Joe, good afternoon. Yeah, hi, Rob. Um, I uh, don't really um, know a lot about the IOC. I was wondering if you can just fill me in about why the why the ioc is corrupt i i've i've been meaning to research it but do you do, can you go over that <laughs> well i think you should uh first yeah. of all i don't know if i can give a, a, a sufficient answer to you but i, I think you know, certainly they're, they're premised on, on making money. And you see in a lot of cases where uh, they go in the, the, to various countries, various cities, and the cities, the countries, they spend billions of dollars to build all these facilities, many of which end up becoming white elephants. Uh, and they're stuck with the bill. That the IOC comes in, they call all the shots, uh, and they rake in a profit. The IOC makes money. The IOC, you take the 2004 games in Athens, which left Greece. Remember how bankrupt Greece was. That saddled them with about $11 billion in debt. The IOC made a billion-dollar profit off those games. Um, so that's a big reason for that. And I, I think you look at the, some of the demands they make, and, and you should really look into this if you want a, a good starting point into all of this. Google IOC and Oslo. Oslo was a front-runner for the 2022 Olympics. And they bowed out. They got pretty far down the the bidding path. And once they got the list of demands from the IOC and what they were expecting from from the host city, and and some of the really ridiculous and over the top demands, like you, they, they, we'd be building lanes uh, lanes on our roads that only IOC members could use. You know, stuff like this, where it's just, where who who the hell are you? I thought this was supposed to be about the athletes, an amateur sport, and a big party in the city, uh, and you guys are acting like like you're royalty here. So, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why I don't think we want to be doing business with the IOC. And well, well, look at what. Well, now I can I can see what uh, how they how they did things with uh, with Rio. So. I've, right. And I, yeah, there was just a report out on on what a mess it is in Rio in the aftermath of the games there. Right. Okay, uh, thanks. Yeah, so there you go. That'd be my short answer, Joe, but I uh, appreciate the phone call. But yeah, I mean, read up on the IOC. And, and then, you know, make a decision about, well, well, do we want to invite them in? Do we want them to get in bed with these, with these folks? And what's the benefit to us? The clear benefit to them. And when you look at the long list of cities, Oslo, Boston, Rome, 
Hamburg, Stockholm. Cities that have decided, you know, initially thought, well, maybe we should host the games. And then decided, you know what, we don't want any part of this. Uh, it's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. And I think it should be a bit of a red flag for Calgary. Maybe at some point, uh, if cities continue to turn their back on the IOC, they get desperate. And they really do change. Uh, are we at the point where cities can have some leverage over the IOC because the IOC is so desperate for host cities? I don't know. Uh, because, for example, the 2022 Winter Olympics are going to Beijing. Uh, Beijing spent an insane amount of money on the 2008 Summer Games because what do they care? And they'll probably do the same again in 2022. As long as you got uh, countries and regimes like that, uh, they don't really care about those sorts of things that it's just meant to... to I don't know, put themselves on the world stage, I guess. Try to put a positive face on what might otherwise be a not-so-positive face regarding a regime. And they'll do that. I mean, the two competitors for 2022 Winter Olympics were Beijing, China, and Almaty, Kazakhstan. But, I mean, Kazakhstan's rolling in money? Well, of course they're not, right? But, um, boy, that certainly put on a nice, shiny party. That, that's, that's a good look, I guess, for, for a dictator. When you got countries like that that are still willing to pay the price, maybe that takes away the incentive. Uh, but it is a unique situation we just saw this week where the IOC has announced two Olympic host cities back-to-back, and it's uh, Paris and Los Angeles. Uh, because essentially when it comes down to the 2024 and 2028 Summer Games, uh, that was pretty much it in terms of, of, uh, of cities. So if you're looking for... I mean, Beijing can only host so many games. Almaty's not about to host the summer games. Maybe you start to run out of those kinds of countries. Uh, so who knows? Maybe it's possible that uh, once that well runs dry, that maybe the IOC will genuinely reform. I guess we'll see. So some decisions, obviously, that, that uh, city council need to make. And part of it does involve waiting to see what that Agenda 2020 is really all about. Uh, Stockholm pulled out. Stockholm would have also been a contender for 2026. They said, we just don't know. It's too much uncertainty. We don't know what we're going to get from the IOC. If anything, we don't know if this agenda 2020 is for real. We're bowing out. So the IOC says that those details are forthcoming. And I guess that's a reason, some say, for Calgary to put off making a decision. All right. So there's that. Uh, One other thing I wanted to mention, too. We talked about this yesterday. The controversy around HBO's proposed new show called Confederate. It's an alternative history fictional program based on a kind of a what if question. What if the South won the Civil War and it envisions a 2017, a present day where the Confederate States of America exist, slavery is still a legal institution, the USA and the CSA are on the verge of another civil war. That's kind of the premise of the show. It's been a big backlash against it. HBO's standing by it for now, saying, you know, reserve judgment until you see this. There's some delicate issues here, but we're going to handle them responsibly. Now, on the heels of that, Amazon Prime has announced its own kind of speculative fictional program called Black America. And the premise of this show is that at the end of the Civil War and slavery ends, and as reparation for slavery... The states of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama are basically given to black Americans. Here's this land. That's now your country. And a new country is formed called New Colonia, 
And it's uh, a story about, and I think it's supposed to take place in present day too, where you've got uh, this country that exists and the tension with uh, its neighbor, the United States. Again, I mean, it's, it's a what if. What if these things happened at the end of the Civil War? doesn't seem a whole lot different than the show Confederate. What's funny is that neither show exists. No episodes have been written or filmed. We have no idea how these shows are going to play out. Uh, but one of the people on Twitter, Rain of April, she calls herself, who was responsible for the no Confederate hashtag, is congratulating Amazon, saying, this is how you do alt history. I'm excited to watch and support this show. So before she's seen an episode of either program, she's decided one needs to be boycotted and HBO needs to be punished and Amazon needs to be congratulated and she can't wait to watch the show. Seems a little odd to me. For my part, I'd be kind of curious and interested in watching both shows. Both shows sound kind of fascinating to me, but it does seem responsible, I guess, to reserve judgment until I've actually seen it. All right, just up against the bottom of the hour, as mentioned, when we come back and delve into the story of Steve Bartman, how did this uh, nobody, anonymous Chicago Cubs fan end up as uh, perhaps the most infamous baseball fan in the world? And how now did he end up with a World Series ring? Cubs announced that yesterday. We'll get into that story in a few minutes. This is Afternoons on Newstalk 770. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on Newstalk 770 Calgary.